and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shaphorst, and today it's just going to be me. Uh, we've got the Cowboys beating the Los Angeles Chargers 20-17 to to talk about, and no game next week. We've got our bye week, so I'll also talk about kind of how I see this team right now, six games into the season, some players that I feel have impressed me so far that have exceeded my expectations this at this point in the year, and some players that I feel have been disappointments and have not lived up to my expectations. But let's start with this game. Cowboys, after... <laughs> Five games that were all pretty one-sided games. I guess the Charger or the Cardinals was probably the closest. We had a close game, and it came down to the to the wire, and we we did win. But that's about the most I can say that's positive about this particular game. I I was not impressed and. I think this, I, I tweeted this at halftime in reference to a, someone posed the question, halftime, how are we feeling? And we were up 10 to 7 at halftime. And I said, I'm feeling like we're probably going to win, but I don't buy us as a real contender because we're undisciplined, don't hold players accountable, and Mike McCarthy sucks at play calling. And yeah, I mean... The play calling in this game was just mind-numbingly bad. It was just every first and second down, it seemed like we were running it up the middle with Tony Pollard. First of all, if you're going to run it up the middle, at least do it with Rico Dowdle. If you're going to use Pollard use his athleticism like he had he finally had a big play it seems like he's been bottled up all year he still has juice obviously based on that 60 yard catch he can break tackles but if you're just running him up the gut and expecting him to like push the pile two yards that's such a waste of his talents and it's one thing if you want to start the game that way but it (laughs) When it's so clearly not working, like, what are you doing, McCarthy? And, I mean, give Dak a lot of credit. He had a phenomenal game, especially when you consider the fact that he was facing third and long the whole time. It it was obvious passing situations, it felt like, most of the game because we were so inefficient on first and second down. There, There was... I think the second drive of the game, we were finally throwing the ball a little on first down, and that was, I think, our most efficient drive of the whole game. But, yeah, it was painful to watch. And then the thing I mentioned about not holding players accountable, I've I've mentioned before on past episodes how I wished we would bench Donovan Wilson or J. Ron Curse or both and give guys like Juanya Thomas some playing time, and he was injured this game. 
And I'll, I will say, Wilson and Curse played a lot better in this game. It was definitely Wilson's best game of the year. So that's good. But in past games, I don't know why we're not at least giving guy like Juanya Thomas equal snaps. I, I would rather he get more snaps than one of those guys until he proves he's not worth it. Like, yes, he might suck. He's a you know young player, but in all of his his opportunities, he's been very solid. So that was pre this game. Again, Wanya Thomas wasn't active, so it didn't matter. For this game, <laughs> the issue was Michael Gallup. And I've been a huge Michael Gallup fanboy since since before we drafted him. I I, I was a fan of his throughout the whole process. And when we drafted him, I bought his jersey before he'd even played a snap in the NFL. But he is bad right now. He is, I, I thought after the Arizona game, he was back. I don't see that anymore. You, you saw the interception against the 49ers where he's not getting separation. I mean, he's never been a guy that separates great, but... I feel like it's even worse, and he's he's just not making plays. You had one of Dak's best throws of the game. Should have been a touchdown. And Gallup, maybe he was held, maybe not. It hit him in the hands. Like, you got to catch that. And I think at this point, I would rather Jalen Tolbert and Kevontae Turpin get opportunities than Gallup. He, he, Dak was, his splits were, Throwing two Gallup versus everyone else are mind-boggling for this game. It, it was he was three of ten for twenty-four yards throwing to Gallup, and, and like all of those completions are like where Gallup's uncovered, and it's like you know the simplest possible catch. And he was eighteen of twenty to everyone else with like two hundred and forty yards, like averaging twelve yards an attempt, like insane numbers. And granted, a big chunk of that was to Pollard, but still, you take out that 60 yards, and that's, what, 180 yards on 19 attempts? That's still insanely efficient. Um, so yeah, my, my issue in general with the team right now is 100% on McCarthy. You, you could put it on Dak, especially in that Arizona game, I think. The 49ers game, I felt like, was was a bit of both. Bad play calling and Dak not playing well. Although, like I mentioned last week, he didn't start throwing interceptions till the game was basically over. But this was as clear as day to me. Who's the issue? And it's McCarthy. McCarthy is the bigger issue here with his play calling. And, and I know a lot of people are getting on him for the end of half sequence where we had the ball I think at the 14 yard line with eight seconds with what should have been eight seconds left and he let it run down to three to kick a field goal I I don't love that I I thought you know you might as well take a shot at the end zone but that's the least of my concerns with Mike McCarthy he is just the thing about him is he's supposed to be this west coast offense guy and and the these timing based routes and and i did feel like at the beginning of the season 
we were doing all right with that. Like, I thought the Jets game was a prime example of Dak hitting his back, his, his the top of his drop, and getting the ball out consistently. And even though a lot of them were short passes, that was all right. It was against the Jets, a defense that has now just destroyed every great quarterback they've faced. Now they've embarrassed. I mean, to Robert Sala's post-game comments, they have embarrassed Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, now Jalen Hurts. They did not embarrass Dak. He threw the one turnover-worthy play, but it was a solid game out of him. So you got to give both Dak, I think, and McCarthy credit for that particular game. But the play calling, it's so basic that I think teams are just getting tape and realizing what we're doing. And now it's just up to Dak to extend plays with his legs, which I do like. I like the fact that he's running the ball. He scored a touchdown on an option, and that was great to see. As long as he's sliding, I'm all for him using his legs. But it's, yeah, we're putting the weight of the offense on Dak's back and making it as hard as possible because we're so inefficient on first and second down that every time he's throwing the ball, it's like third and long. And that's not a sustainable way to win in the NFL. The the Chargers, I got to say, they were not impressive to me. And I figured they wouldn't be. That's why I picked us to win. It's It wasn't my picking the Cowboys to be the Chargers was not a indication that we're a great team it's it's I thought we're better than the Chargers and we clearly were we were we should have won by a lot more than three points against that team we should have put up a lot more than 20 points but we also very well could have could have lost and on the other side of the ball we had a a great game in terms of stopping the run and I'll get to a few players later who really impressed me. But we also so easily could have given up uh, two more touchdowns than we did on deep balls to Keenan Allen. Deron Bland comes out of this game with a really nice-looking stat line. If you look at the catches and yards allowed, he I think he gave up three catches for... Uh, not many yards, and he broke up two passes, and that was on eight eight targets, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, that was it. So 19 yards. He gave up 19 yards on three catches out of eight targets, and he broke up two passes, one of which was a fourth-and-one play. But he also got cooked by Keenan Allen twice, and Justin Herbert just airmailed both passes, but those easily could have both been touchdowns. At the very minimum, they would have been 40, 50-yard gains by by Keenan Allen. And yeah, the secondary, it was a rough game. Stephon Gilmore also, he, he got the interception at the end, which was nice, and kudos to him for that play. But really, since that the first game of the season... Gilmore has not been that impressive, I, I gotta say. And and he's still I, I would still take him over Anthony Brown by any by all means, but 
by his standards, I think he is playing at the lowest end of his spectrum, the, the low end of his range of outcomes right now, which means that, you know, he and Deron Bland, and, and hopefully this is a fluke for Deron Bland because he's played very well every game but this one, I, I think. Um, that's that's the biggest cause for concern because, you know, like I said, the safety's played better. The defensive line is is phenomenal. I mean, that's the clear strength of the team. And, but And we saw Marquise Bell have a really good game in place of, of Leighton Vander Esch. Damone Clark had a, had a solid game. So I, I'm not too concerned with the defense as long as we don't have any more injuries to cornerback. That, that would be devastating because, I mean, Jordan Lewis didn't have a great game, but he's still, he and the other two guys are still clearly our best cornerbacks. And, and past that, I really have little faith. So, yeah, it, it was it, it was a win. It's, you got to give us credit for, for pulling that out. And again, I, I give a ton of credit to Dak Prescott. I, I think this was his, he was the number one graded quarterback by PFF for this week. Um, he's, he's now had an interesting season with, Two excellent games. This one again, and the Eagle or not the Eagles, the Patriots. The first two games, he was you know pretty decent, but not amazing. And then two bad games, the Cardinals and the 49ers. So it'll be interesting to see how he he continues. But as much as I, I give him credit and it's deserved, it's also a bad Chargers defense. Like they are not anything special. They've got some good players. But the product they're putting out is is bad. And as a team, they are kind of a mess. They, they remind me a little of the Cowboys. The, the difference was Herbert missed his throws and Dak hit his throws. That was kind of the big difference. But both teams were super undisciplined. It was sloppy, sloppy football. And... Yeah, I don't think either team is a is a contender. I think maybe we, I mean, if McCarthy can get better at calling plays, who knows? I I don't see us suddenly becoming disciplined. I, that's that's the part that doesn't seem likely at all. That that's a that's a fundamental part of your team, and that comes from the head coach, I believe. And overall, I'll get into some individual players, but overall, my, my feeling is that this team is going to hit the low end of my expectations, which was 10 to 13 wins. I still think our defense is great, but I just don't see McCarthy getting that much better as a play caller, if better at all. And against good teams, what we put out there on Sunday is not going to be enough. Even against the Eagles, who I don't, I don't think the Eagles are that good. They're not as good as they were last year. They're not a, definitely not as good as the 49ers, even though they lost. I don't think they're—I think the Lions might be a better team than them. But 
if McCarthy's calling plays like he did on Sunday, we're going to lose to the Eagles because they've they're not that bad. <laughs> and, and that is what McCarthy seems to be trying to do and he kind of tells this in interviews is like he wants to just lean on our defense. He he wants to play football like this is the 2015 conference championship when you've got Peyton Manning with half an arm just holding on for dear life and Von Miller and Demarcus Lawrence or Demarcus Ware teeing off on Tom Brady and trying to hold on to the game. Like that seems to be his whole strategy for for football and that doesn't work in today's NFL and it we have better personnel than that. It, it's one thing if you've got like a total, like a rookie quarterback, like Desmond Ritter. I can understand that strategy if you've got Desmond Ritter as your starting quarterback and a defense as good as ours. But you've got Dak Prescott. He's now had two elite games in the last two, in the last three weeks. Like, we've got receivers, and we finally got Brandon Cooks involved. That was great. I'd say the two positive things I can say about the Chargers game, the two most positive things, there's there's a couple, but Brandon Cooks finally getting some targets. That was exciting. I still think we're misusing him completely. We've run him on like one deep route the whole year. We never run him. There there was one one pass where Dak was scrambling and he threw it to Cooks near the sideline and I I tweeted, is that a crossing route to Brandon Cooks? Be still my beating heart. And it wasn't. It wasn't even that. It was just a like a stop and then he just, you know, you're playing backyard football and you're running the direction of your quarterback. We haven't run a crossing route with him all year. Like this is a 4-3 guy and we're just completely wasting him running like slants and stops it it, anyways but at least we got him the ball we did run a a speed sweep to him I'll, I'll give us some credit for that that that's a decent way to use him but we could be using him a lot better the biggest thing that I can say for our coaching in general and this is probably more Dan Quinn than Mike McCarthy but the fact that we changed our deployment of Micah Parsons from let's just line him up against Trent Williams all game because we want to go mono mono with our best player against their best player. Smartly, we said, fuck that, this game, let's go against the guy that he's going to beat every freaking play and not put him on their best lineman, and Trey Pipkins got got toasted, as you would expect. And that's 100% what you should be doing every single time. Put Micah Parsons against their weakest tackle and let him destroy him. And Demarcus Lawrence still did all right against Slater. He drew a a holding at one point. He had a, a solid game, but... Yeah, Micah Parsons destroys weak tackles, and the way he wins is speed. Like, if if a guy is not Trent Williams, i.e. an elite athlete, 
Micah Parsons is going to just whip him in two seconds. And you saw it. We the One of the last plays of the game was Micah Parsons winning for a sack. Like, that was a huge missed opportunity against the 49ers. I don't think it would have changed the outcome. Or at least, change, yeah, I don't think it would have changed the outcome, but it would have kept it closer, I think. And it would have made it tougher on Brock Purdy if we lined him against Colton McKibbitts. We made the change this week, and that was that was good to see. So, yeah, I midway through the season, like I said, I I am leaning towards the low end of my initial projections, but it's all going to come down to Mike McCarthy. A lot of people are saying, you know, this is we're what twelve days away from the trade deadline, so people are throwing out all the big names of who we could trade for. I don't think we should or will trade for anyone significant. Maybe like a linebacker for depth. Oh, we already signed Rashawn Evans. Um, So I think that's the extent of what we're going to do. And the thing is, would a Jerry Judy really make that big a difference? I don't think so because I don't think we would use them right. Like if you if you're talking about a package of Jerry Judy and Ben Johnson, then yeah, absolutely. In fact, forget Jerry Judy, just Ben Johnson and we're going to kill it. Like a great offensive coordinator makes this offense so much better. We have talent. Like there's no reason we shouldn't be doing better than we are with the p- personnel we have. But if you're just saying we're going to get another receiver for Mike McCarthy to misuse while he runs the ball up the middle with Tony Pollard on first and second down. I'll pass. I'd rather keep the draft capital than waste it on another receiver who we're going to misuse. Like, that makes no sense to me. And I don't know. Our fan base doesn't seem to think that because we are all about these trade possibilities. The, The worst is... Derrick Henry, like, come on. He's 31 years old, and he's got, like, a $10 million contract. We, uh, That's not the solution. That's not the way. You want to go younger and cheaper at running back. But ultimately, with, I will say this, the way Mike McCarthy is running his offense, Derrick Henry's about the best you could expect. Like, maybe Derrick Henry could average, you know, 4.4 yards punching it up the middle, you know, into the teeth of the defense every play. But that doesn't mean it's a good strategy. Like, what if, even at his peak, when Derrick Henry was, actually had a capable O-line and was, you know, really productive, the most the Titans ever did was make it to a conference championship. And a big part of that was Ryan Tannehill playing really well. So the two yards in a cloud of dust is archaic, and Mike McCarthy is a, I want to say, bottom two play caller because Matt Canada exists right now. So no matter no matter how good our defense is that is going to to hold us back if that doesn't change so 
to wrap this up, I want to talk about a couple players that have exceeded expectations and others who have underachieved, failed to exceed, failed to meet even like minimum expectations. Um, let's start with the positive. A guy that I think is just finally starting to get some some love, but I still think is is not getting talked about enough. Osa Odigizua. This was a guy that I really liked coming out, and the reason was he didn't have phenomenal PFF grades, which is usually what I kind of gravitate to, especially back when he went was coming out, 2021. He, he was like high 70s. That's solid, but not great. The thing I liked about him was his wrestling background. And most importantly, he dominated the senior bowl. And he dominated playing both one tech and three tech. So that, that spoke to me. Because really the only knock on him is he's undersized. And that, but that spoke to me that this is a guy that's so good at leverage and power that it doesn't matter. Even if, even at one tech going against, you know, the the positions where you're, where it's harder to hold up, he was still doing very well. So he had kind of a rough rookie year. Started out well, but then you know tailed off. Built on it last year, had a had a solid year last year, had a very solid year. But then this year, he is currently the sixth graded defensive tackle in the entire NFL. He's behind guys like Jalen Carter, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald. It's like a who's who of the best defensive tackles year in and year out. Now, is he going to maintain that all season I don't know he, he did have his best game of the year uh of his career easily of his career this last week against the Chargers he had a, a phenomenal game um but but yeah he's yeah Dexter Lawrence another one of the five ahead of him and then like he's ahead of guys like Quinn Williams <laughs> which is pretty impressive Alim McNeil another one of my pet cats Ugh! if we had drafted Alim McNeil over Kelvin Johnson ah that was that would have mm, I would solve a lot of our problems on defense but I digress Odigizua is by far my the most impressive player to me relative to to my expectations I thought he would have a similar, maybe slightly better year than he did last year, but he has taken a huge leap forward, and I hope he maintains it. If he maintains this pace, that's going to help our defense a lot because a big part of it is his run defense. He, he's uh, against the Chargers. He had like a 92 run defense grade. Like that's that's a weakness of our defense. That's that's huge if he can maintain that or anywhere near that level. Another guy, Marquise Bell, who was a undrafted free agent and limited sample size, but also had a phenomenal game against the Chargers this last week in his first game um, since Leighton Vander Esch 
got hurt. And and he's played well. He's he's had, you know, 20 to 30 snaps most games. He had only 9 against the Cardinals. But yeah, he's been he's been solid. He had his best game against the uh the Chargers and yeah, he's a guy that just he's a little like I feel like Dan Quinn is is looking at him as like a Dion Jones where super undersized but he's instinctive he attacks the ball and he's just a he's been a a playmaker so far and and has been probably our best linebacker of the year um those are really the main guy I, I will say Demarcus Lawrence having his best year since his 2017 season which is very impressive considering he's been a great player basically his whole time since then but this year he is back to being elite and it's mainly on the run the run defense side he's the best in the nfl he's been that his whole career just about but this year on another level like night and day ahead of anyone else for for run defense for defensive end but also very productive as a pass rusher and um yeah he's having a great year mike parsons you know he is who he is he's he's at he's it's gonna be almost impossible for him to exceed my expectations but he's having a great year too um on the other hand i'd say guys that have been disappointments start with Terrence Steele who has been progressively getting better sort of like Odigizua um he went from pretty rough as a rookie which was understandable for being undrafted to 2021 was solid not great not as good as Lau Collins which is why I didn't love when we cut him but last year he took a step up and and he was pretty pretty good especially as a run blocker he's he's always been a guy that is a better run blocker than pass blocker but last year especially he was great in that regard this year he's kind of fallen off a cliff in performance and and granted there's a couple games against the Jets and against the 49ers that really pull his overall grading down but he hasn't he hasn't balanced it out with great games he's had his best game was against Arizona which he had an 82 run blocking grade 61 pass block which I mean that's the kind of split he had last year but every other game has been has been way worse and and against the Jets and the 49ers abysmal pass blocking grades and against the 49ers that's one thing you're going against Nick Bosa and to be fair to Terrence Steele anytime you see that matchup this is something I was screaming during the game anytime you see Nick Bosa one-on-one with Terrence Steele you got to realize you're going to get sacked if you don't throw the ball within two seconds maybe 1.8 seconds and Dak you know didn't heed that advice and got sacked but against the Jets 
I don't have the same level of understanding because they don't have any edge, elite edge rushers. They don't have a Miles Garrett or a Nick Bosa or a Mike Parsons. They've got Quinn Williams, on, but he's on the interior. So, yeah, Terrence Steele, hopefully this is just a bad patch and he picks it up the second half of the year. But real rough start so far. Um, I would say probably Donovan Wilson, even though he, he did have a better game against the Chargers. Still very rough start to the, to the year. And for a guy that's always been... I've always kind of seen him as a Roy Williams type where... I can live with a little bit of susceptibility and coverage because he's going to be an enforcer and, and hit and defend the run, but he hasn't even been doing that well. And, you know, J. Ron Curse, kind of the same situation. Um, Curse has at least had a couple competent games and not just one, but, but still, compared to the last two years... Under Dan Quinn, he's not even even remotely close to playing that well. And honestly, the way Curse has played this year is kind of how I expected he would play when we got him. Because this is the kind of year he had in Detroit. Uh, the one year that he had a, a fair amount of snaps. So, again, those two guys both played better against the Chargers. So I'm hopeful that that trend will continue, but not um, not great overall body of work for either of those guys so far. Um, well, you got to say Michael Gallup. Um, I, I already kind of talked through. I would, if we can, like the, the one kind of realistic trade scenario I could see is... If we could get a team like Carolina that's just desperately trying to bring in any receivers to, you know, make make it a little easier on their rookie quarterback, if we could get a late round pick for Michael Gallup at this point, I would absolutely take it. Even if we've got to eat most of his contract or all of his contract, we're going to have to do that anyways if we inevitably cut him after this season so why not get rid of it now while we have some cap space um the other one is and this is tough but you gotta say tony pollard tony pollard has been kind of is um, just not been productive this year averaging 3.9 a carry like basically Zeke levels of production in both in both yards per carry and yards per carry after contact and I do think part of it is the usage like I said it's you know a lot of straight runs up the middle which is not his forte but I also think I don't know I, I think he has maybe lost a half step as well and I, I I don't see the even beyond the plays where 
it's you know running right into the heart of the defense and you know and that's it i feel like he had and then maybe this is just the, the reality of being a bell cow versus a 10 to 15 carry guy but i feel like he would always get the absolute maximum out of every carry in the past and i don't see that anymore and and also even just little things like picking the right way to go like there was I think it was against the 49ers where there was a play where he had blockers in front of him and he tried to cut it up instead of stretching it outside and and he left yards on the table that that's the bottom line is I feel like I can understand the misuse as a partial excuse, but I think he is leaving yards on the table. And I don't see us bringing him back after this year. Even if even if he had a great year, I don't know if we would have, just because of the running back position. But then again, that's just me as the numbers guy, the running backs don't matter kind of uh, analyst. And... The Cowboys, you know, knowing them probably would have paid him a lot of money if he ran for, you know, 1,500 yards. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think unless unless his production turns around, I would expect that we will let him, him walk because we, we do have a lot of guys that we will need to sign. So... Yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll about do it for this week. We'll not have a, a game to break down next week, but we'll have the uh, chart or the the other Los Angeles team, the Los Angeles Rams game to break down. So uh, thanks for tuning in to this week, and I will see you next time.